All right. Hey, everybody. This is Julie from Revealing Strength, and it's just me today. And I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I'm here with Joelle Emery, who is one of the coaches at Lily Weightlifting and CrossFit Lily here in Ann Arbor. And I've been wanting to talk to her for a little while. She is definitely known as a leader in the local area in um, the sport of fitness, in training, um, in weightlifting. She's an accomplished lifter herself. She lifts at the national level, um, at AO Finals, Nationals several times. And um, also, she has a leadership role in the local community in our sport. And so she's got a really uh, cool perspective. She's also an entrepreneur, so lots of things that we could talk about today, but we're going to have a nice little discussion and see where things go. So, Joelle, I asked you before we got started recording if you could have a little description ready of what are some of the big moments that you've had in the past as an athlete or as a coach or just as a person that have shaped who you are now as an athlete or a coach. Or a person. Or a person. <laughs> all of those. They're all together. <laughs> um, I would say a big part of my athletic background, um, I grew up kind of as an athlete, and my parents um, felt like competing in sports was really important, um, so I was involved with that from a young age. Um, and then I played soccer in college, um, which I loved and is a huge part of me still. Um, I still think of myself as a soccer player, even though it's been a lot of years. It's okay. It's part of those things. That are, they're part of our identity and they, they shape our perspective now. So it's okay to still identify with soccer. <laughs> Um, so I played at Tufts, which is in Boston. Um, we had an awesome four years. I played um, in the NCAA Final Four my sophomore year, um, which is one of my favorite athletic memories for sure. Um, so that is up there. Um, I also have a background in psychology and child development. Um, so that has been an important piece in my development and coaching, I think. Um, helping people has always been something that I've wanted to do. Um, so I've kind of been able to incorporate that background in with my passion for sports as well. Cool. So we've got another college athlete on our hands. I like it. Um, and one of the things I kind of mentioned to Joel at the beginning was that we're pretty lucky. Both she and I have that in common. We grew up in a time where we had people who supported us in our athletic pursuits and our, our passions as athletes and um, to have the opportunity to compete at the collegiate level and then to, you know, fall into a sport that, you know, now in our, thir- I don't even know how old you are. I'm going to assume 30s. I'm yes. in my 30s. Um, in our 30s, <laughs> we were so we're still just kicking that can still going (laughs) Uh, we're still going and so um it's it's one of the things I think we're in our time frame the lifetime that we've had we've been really really fortunate to have that um another reason why I wanted to have Joelle on and to get her point of view is she also is an entrepreneur she has a I'm gonna have her describe it but I know she works with um with nutritional counseling food preparation um with a number of athletes she has a lot of personal experiences I know she blogs about them I've read her blogs about um, the role of nutrition related to body image and um so I wanted her to just share a little bit about her business and what she does with that too 
Yeah. Um, so I started my business two years ago, two and a half years ago now. Um, it's called Weights and Plates. And I do do nutritional counseling. Um, a lot of time I work with athletes. Um, so I work with a lot of our weightlifters and then some of the people on the CrossFit side, um, just helping them to kind of reframe um, food and what food does for us. Um, especially a lot of the women who I work with, um, have had a lot of ups and downs in their relationship with food, um, and how that relates to their body image and things like that. Um, so one part of like the really big thing that typically gets worked on with clients is, um, how they see food and what that does um, and how it's a fuel for us and it's not necessarily a reward or a punishment. Um, So that is some of the more like mental work that they do. Um, And then I also do do food preparation. So a lot of people now follow some sort of like loose macro plan, um, but people are super busy and don't always have time to make their own meals. Um, So people will send me kind of what macros they need for their meals um, and I will prep them a meal that fits that. So it takes all of like the work out of it um, for them. Cool. Um, I like that. Who wouldn't? Um, <laughs> there are many days where I'm just like, I know what I need to eat, but I just wish someone would make it for me. Here I am. <laughs> Joel's here. If you're in the Ann Arbor or nearby area, we will put her information <laughs> in our post so you can contact her. Anyways, one of the things you mentioned of your role with um, in, as a coach and as a nutritional counselor is this idea of people's relationship with food. And and you mentioned that's kind of a common issue that you see. We're going to talk about that concept of what are some of the the tough spots that we as coaches have to help our athletes work through. Or even if you're not a coach, but you are a mover, you're an athlete, you're just a person who likes working out, but you struggle or you get disappointed or you get discouraged. Um, What are some of the common things that, in your opinion, and we can talk about this relationship with food a little bit more, but... Let's, let's make a list and see what we can do if we can solve all the world's problems in, in this one podcast. <laughs> let's start with relationship with food. So can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so I think that commonly people see food as um, a reward. I think that's the biggest thing that I see. So like I worked out hard at the gym, so I go home and like I deserve to have that cupcake or like I deserve to have that brownie. Um, and then they start to feel guilty about like indulging and having that and then it kind of just perpetuates the cycle of like well I should go back to the gym to work out because I just ate this and I shouldn't have eaten it Um, and so they just kind of go back and forth really beating themselves up about it um, instead of taking kind of separating the two right so we're in the gym because we love being in the gym like that's not a punishment for my body weightlifting isn't a punishment for I mean sometimes (laughs) for some people sometimes But generally, right, like we work out because we love it and we should embrace that like I'm here, I'm working out because this is my passion and it makes me feel good. It's not so that I can go home and like reward myself with something. So I leave the gym, I feel awesome, I go home, I eat so that I can fuel my body so that I can continue to do like what I love to do. Yeah. I think the idea of um, we're just used to an exchange economy in the rest of the, the world, right? So if you do X, then you get Y. And I, 
you know, I think part of that is maybe reprogramming ourselves or reprogramming athletes that even though that's around us on every single level of every single day and everything else, that it doesn't have to be like this. And that training or exercise, however you view it, um, we do it for its specific reasons. Um, there's specific benefits we gain and to embrace those benefits. And then eating, while it definitely what we eat supports, should support our training. It has those natural biological connections. Um, that exchange is a really slippery, slippery slope. Yeah. And this, this cycle that you mentioned, that it perpetuates, it is pretty tough to get out of, especially because... I think one of my biggest frustrations and I guess I'll call this a pet peeve in society is society preys on that cycle, uh, marketing of products and, um, even marketing of content, um, preys on that idea of, you know, like it's, it's, we're coming up to Valentine's day. There's a holiday coming up. There's right. treats to start. You know, I love treats. There's, it's associated with it. And it's, you know, just, it's really easy to prey upon people because they're just, they're just used to hearing it. And right. it's, I think that's really tough. So maybe can you share any strategies that you use when you're trying to break that cycle? <laughs> We're totally trying to flip the script on people. Right. You know, I think um, part of it is like athletes tend to be perfectionists, right? We kind of have to be. Yeah. Um, to be able to see progress in the gym. So if we were like satisfied with our progress, we would stop and then we would never get better. So we're perfectionists. We hit a goal and we're like, okay, next goal. We don't ever take the time to be like, hey, I I just hit that goal I've been working on. Um, So I think with food and like breaking that cycle, it's removing the guilt from it. So if you've been like doing awesome and fueling yourself and eating like healthier foods for a week and then one day you go home and like you have a brownie sundae right it's right (laughs) it's removing that guilt (laughs) from that action so like because you had a brownie sundae you're not a bad person Mm -hmm. and like you didn't just mess up your entire week of like eating healthy so okay I did that whatever like tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have like my breakfast of eggs and whatever. So I think that's a really big part of it is like removing that emotion from it, even though it's hard and realizing that what you're doing there doesn't affect your value as a person. Like you're not a worse person. The brownie Sunday just got so deep. Holy cow. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, it's all relationships deal with emotion. And when we're talking about a relationship to training or relationship to exercise, and then that's the relationship to food, Um, again, it all comes back to that exchange and that idea we have to judge ourselves or critique ourselves. And we have a lot of messages to do that. But, um, I think one of my, um, a a mentor of mine, a practice that we did, um, or we were challenged to do at one point was to, um, practice mindful eating. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of ways to do that. But one of the specific challenges was when we ate, it was, this was for a week. We had to pick one meal a day where we... Whatever it was, whether it was McDonald's in the drive-thru, we were right. eating in our car, or we made a healthy meal, whatever the meal was, to um, eat it without any distraction. Mm-hmm. So that means not even talk to right. like, our partner or whoever else is there, have the phone off, not have the TV on, and just it's almost like sit in silence and eat. And, and this was like through a yoga based type of experience. And so we always have a lot of like emotional things like gratitude. And so it allowed, and she just said, just, you know, allow yourself just to let your thoughts wander about the food that you're eating, how it feels, the texture of it, the taste of it. Are you eating this because it, it satisfies some sort of emotional need? Are you eating this because it's fuel? 
um and then we're supposed to just journal after yeah. it and just see like what do we think about what were the thoughts and it was really um like thought provoking to hear the group kind of share you know when guilt came out and when they felt satisfied and something we noticed is people ate they didn't overeat right the idea of like i gotta finish the plate people were just much more tuned in to what they were eating and the amounts and like we would say like well i just stopped eating when i felt satisfied right um as opposed to just going on and on because the tv's there and yeah. i got the bag in front of me and i'm pulling food out of the bag and so um i think that's a practice that as coaches even as just people movers we can kind of tweak that and test out different things and i like the idea of just paying attention it's, right. it's awareness it's mindfulness and then seeing are we attaching emotion yeah. to our food and to the process of eating and especially if it's something like guilt that's perpetuating right. a cycle how much more prepared will we be to do something about it right or if we have a coach or if we have a nutritional coach that's something that we can then talk about share with, with them, them. Yeah. absolutely yeah um yeah, I think it's that's that's a really really tough one, and I think as people who work and who give advice in nutrition too, I can say it's one of my tougher areas to help people with because everyone is wired so differently, right? Um, in that space, so um, let's shift just a tiny bit, but still a cycle going on and exchange going on. Let's not talk about food per se, but more of exercise and kind of leaning more towards general population of how. Um, general population views training again that idea of like well I did this or I was bad today or I drank a ton this weekend so now I gotta go on the, the elliptical for 30 minutes right or something <laughs> like that I guess kind of like the the gym culture and like fitness is cool now I gotta put it out there everybody yeah. thinks it's cool it's it's trending but are all the trends and getting people active or are they all good ones like that right that ex- is that exchange still really present right yeah I think like it's slightly twofold right part of it is like people still do view it almost as a punishment even if they're not saying that it's like a way to for them to support an unhealthier lifestyle so like I did all this stuff this weekend now to make up for that I'm gonna go run on the elliptical it's terrible um (laughs) just running I just can't even um so that's part of it and then I think also like especially for women it's definitely gotten better with the surge of CrossFit and weightlifting um but that idea of like just cardio till you die um and being like long and lean Mm -hmm. if I hear those words any more times I'm just gonna cry sorry to all the Pilates instructors out there I know you're about it's okay no you are (laughs) you are um but just that idea um behind like women just needing to do all the all the cardio all the cardio Mm -hmm. specifically all um yeah I think that exchange we see with food it's present and just whatever stereotypes persist so if it's do if you're a dude the fact that you gotta like get pumped right huge huge. girl you gotta you know get toned and whatever that means to you um and then again I always go back to like well like you know are people are people being more physically active because of you know this being cool now well yeah I I think so and is that a good thing well in general yeah right because our culture and our society we're not you know we don't have physically active jobs really we have sedentary types of behaviors that are common so is this the worst thing in the world no but you know again it doesn't come out doesn't come with its negatives like you said right so again it's a little bit a lot of reshaping how people think um so as people who are influencers i would just say like we coach athletes we you know put stuff out on social media you write a blog i got a podcast um what are things that we do let's solve the problem (laughs) or that we can do or we want to do more to help reshape 
how the general population views this idea of what do you have to do for exercise and what does it have to look like? Yeah, um, I think like a big part is just like leading by example, right? So there's so many people that come in and like join gyms because like you're doing stuff and they think that that's awesome. So I always feel like something's better than nothing. Like, do I love weightlifting, CrossFit? Yeah, but like if someone's out like running that's awesome that's better than being on the couch um so I think like a big part of it is just like putting out there um like what you're doing and how it's like um positively impacted your life um so that people can continue to see that and be motivated and inspired by that um to make even like a small change in their life yeah I think I think that's right on I think that's a huge trend right now and the whole idea of the influencer type of society and and like if you hashtag anything, you know, on Instagram or whatever, um, that's what you're going to come up with. And I, and I do think it's cool. I, I like seeing that because, you know, I didn't, we didn't have Instagram when we were little, like right. when we were little girls growing up. And I mean, I guess it was just like whoever we visibly saw in person were our examples. But I do think that is a really cool thing that there are a lot of really good examples of people out there. Um, what's something that we can do to maybe educate clients or the public even though there's lots of examples out there how maybe not every example is like best for you personally um to follow exactly what they do right because of you know different needs age body type whatever goals yeah. how can we how can we help kind of i don't know i don't want to say censor that's wrong um how do we help people be good consumers yeah of all the examples out there i think like first in all of consumerism is education mm-hmm. right um so like encouraging people to like research different kinds of fitness or like mm-hmm. what's interesting to you and then finding a good community so yeah. finding someone who's knowledgeable to walk you through that mm-hmm. um so like being in your like living room and coming across CrossFit and being like that looks awesome and then like going and doing grace in your basement for the first time like probably not the best idea right um so making sure that you're educated and then you find someone um who can support you and train you through the process instead of just trying to like take it all on yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I agree I think um that's one of the things in one of my classes I'm talking about this on Monday actually the idea of of community has grown really big and it's become a trend in the fitness industry as opposed to just, you know, slave away by yourself in the basement or, you know, die on the elliptical at, you know, at whatever commercial box gym. Like, again, those are good things too. We want people to be in those places. But um, how do you think the role of a community oriented fitness style has changed how people view exercise and food and working out? Yeah, it becomes like it takes it, I think, from that like idea of like punishment that we were talking about Mm -hmm. to just like fun, right? Like it's fun to show up when like your friends are going to be here Mm -hmm. and you're immediately more accountable because if you don't show up for a week, your friend's like, are you dead? Where are you? Like what's going on? (laughs) Right. That totally happens. And I'll hit the Facebook groups (laughs) for all all these, you know, whether it's in in a virtual community, like those, it's a really big movement in that realm or something physical like a CrossFit space or a team um like people call people out and it's it's out of love of it's course. out of total love yeah, like they want they want their buddy there and right. they want them to be be healthy and right to, so you immediately have it. accountability buddies um but like suffering with other people is always better mm-hmm. um so a you push yourself a little harder but b like you know that the person next to you like has your back and is encouraging you yeah. um so that just makes it like all around a more pleasant experience mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree too. I I think that's something if I'm, when I'm working with someone who's maybe one-on-one or working on their own, um, 
and even though maybe I'm their coach or I'm their personal trainer or whatever, I try and have them bring somebody else into the picture. Not even necessarily as a workout partner. I mean, that's, I think, a great idea. Right. I mean, that would be my number one recommendation. But of having them bring somebody else in their life that's a friend, you know, just somebody who's positive. I try right. and have them pick somebody good who's <laughs> positive and productive influence. Um, who's going to know their goals yeah. just like how I know their goals and who they can share successes with. And we build that into this person, this client's goal setting plan is to recognize success is find a way to share it beyond just with me or beyond just with themselves is find something. It's not like you got to post on Facebook every single time, but you know, somebody you're going to call when you PR or somebody that, you know, you're going to talk to when you had a good eating day and you stuck with the routine or you stuck with, you know, the things you had prepared. Um, because it's just, it, it, it builds your little tribe of yeah. success and maybe it'll help that person too, who knows. Right. But that's, that's one strategy I, I try and do is try and like have them build their team. Yeah. Um, and again, even and if the team's not doing exactly what they're doing. Like celebrating daily successes mm-hmm. is huge. It's yeah. Huge. Let's talk about that. Cause to me, I think that's an issue. I see with everybody. I see that with students in the academic sector. I see that even with coaches and people that I work with on a daily basis who run businesses Mm -hmm. who are, we have a mindset. You always got to like, go, go, go. You've got to improve as athletes. You just mentioned we're perfectionists. Um, how can we encourage ourselves and each other to stop and smell the roses every once in a while? Yeah. Um, I am like a huge goal setter. Goal setting's always been a big part of my life. Um, and I worked at Lululemon briefly and well, not briefly for a while, (laughs) (laughs) briefly, (laughs) brief two years. (laughs) Um, and they like, it's a huge goal setting community there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that actually really helped me because they break down 10 year, five year, one year, Mm -hmm. six month goals. Mm -hmm. Um, so not just looking at that big picture, of like, what am I going to be doing a year from now? But like, what do I want to be doing three months from now? Yeah. Um, so I think when we think of goals, we think such big view, like such forest view. And sometimes like we need to be like, okay, next week, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, even like small daily like goals for yourself within training sessions. So even if it's not a number, if you're doing percentages and like it's a weakness. So for me, hi, hang work. Hi. Um, <laughs> so like I'll come in and my goal for like this session will be like if I get if I miss a lift and get frustrated like I'll sit down visualize the next lift and then I'll make the next lift so something Mm -hmm. even small like that not around numbers but just around how we Mm -hmm. deal with frustration um is huge yeah I love that um something that my coach has recently implemented in this aligns with one of the things I teach at EMU is I teach my like you know that smart goal setting method everybody yeah I don't want to say everybody knows it but it's pretty common it's it's solid there's there's good stuff to it um I really try and teach the idea of having action-based process goals you need the big picture right you got to know where you're going and and I love that idea have having the big one in the year 10 years right you gotta have trajectory because that helps the little ones you set but I also want to make sure that when people set a product-oriented goal, they set one that is process. That's the routine. Those are the habits. Those are yep. the actions that you can take on a daily basis. And the idea of recognizing success, it's hard when your goal is, you know, two years down the road of, mm-hmm. like, making it to nationals or something. Well, I can't, like, check that off right. until <laughs> I make nationals in two years, whatever it is. 
But I can check off like what you just mentioned. Um, maybe your goal for this next month is when you miss a lift in practice, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And then you can reflect at the end of that training session. Oh yeah, I missed a lift and I did this like good for me because that is helping me take little actionable steps right. towards that big goal of making it to nationals. And whether those action-based goals are mental, like something like that, mm-hmm. or their actual physical, like You know, for me, I suck at drinking water. I'm really bad at it. And so one of my goals is to drink half my water bottle of water, like pretty much as soon as I wake up, like in the process of brushing my teeth, going to the bathroom, that kind of stuff. And it starts my day off with a small, very small, but success. (laughs) And I, and like, I feel good about my day just by drinking that water. And I also know that helps me meet other goals of just feeling good, being healthy and my training goals. And so I love that of setting, you know, having those big goals that are built out at different stages right that's important and I also think just having those that are breaking it down so small that it's like these daily steps that are going to get you there it's like your action plan right and it's having like the belief that the work you're doing each day will lead to that long-term success because it's really easy to get stuck like in the grind of life and Mm -hmm. just be like okay I'm doing this but yeah what about this and this so it's like having that belief that like I'm putting in the work that I need to Mm -hmm. and eventually it's going to pay off yeah I love that last idea you said belief it's kind of like confidence and trusting in yourself that Mm -hmm. this action plan that maybe some days it is a grind I hate the word grind it's like a pet peeve of mine but I mean that's what it is what life is that's any type of work right Right. we do whether it's your job or training um it's okay that action plan like repeating it day after day is not cool always it's not always fun right um but you you got to trust it you got to believe in it that it's going to do what you do and if you don't believe in the plan that you're working on or if you don't believe your goal is you know, really going to happen anymore, that should be a message to you is let's sit down, let's look at it again. Yeah. Or especially if you're a coach out there and you're sensing that with an athlete, what a great opportunity to be like, let's, you know, not worry about, you know, the numbers today, not worry about the miles you're putting in or the weight on the bar. Let's talk about this. Right. Because this is going to reframe now how we approach the bar, how we approach the miles on the track or whatever you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Um, let's see. We're going to shift gears a little bit. So we solved a couple problems. <laughs> Done. Check. <laughs> Mission accomplished. 26 minutes. <laughs> um, we're going to shift into um, just kind of talking a little bit about the role of women in the sporting world. And uh, if you're a dude, don't turn this off <laughs> because we have some advice and some asks and suggestions for you because when women do better, that helps you do better. It helps the sport do better. Everybody wins when everybody does well. So we're going to go um, into a few ideas, a few topics. So I want us to chat about some of the things that we think are going really well right now for women, girls, you know, really any age in the sporting type of community. And I know our local context, you know, might be the sports we played in college, right. obviously like soccer, track and, you know, CrossFit and weightlifting. But I think the good things in those worlds transfer to or translate to other sports and yeah. other elements. So what's what's going well right now? Um, I mean, you mentioned at the beginning, just even the fact like that we got to grow up and just be like, mm-hmm. we're going to go play sports in college. Yeah. Like there was never okay. even a thought for me that mm-hmm. that wasn't possible. Yeah. Um, and the idea that that's not like that's really a first we were the first generation for we that um, we so were. like my mom didn't grow up playing sports mm-hmm. um so that's pretty badass I like that yeah um, yeah 
And then, like, I think we've just seen a surge um, from CrossFit and weightlifting um, in women getting involved, um, especially women who maybe, like, are older and didn't have those opportunities that we had growing up. Um, so we have, like, an awesome group of masters lifters who have never played sports before yeah. and, like, walked in and were like, I want to lift. Um, and that's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah, I agree. So I'm technically a master's myself, and <laughs> I'm 35, <laughs> just barely. I so young, myself, such a young I'm, master. I'm a baby master's. Um, but as I coach CrossFit for four years, and I have to say that is my favorite. I mean, I love all populations, and I love the kids and everything, but the adults who didn't have a sport background, male or female, um, and like females I'm biased too, obviously, because that's who I identify with, but right. um, those are one of my favorite favorite ones to coach because it was like the world was opening up to them and especially that older population like you know the generation before generations before ours um I always would be really grateful for the role that I had as a coach or someone who was able to bring this to those women or men because it's just like the seeing it in their eyes and mm-hmm. how good they felt and how empowered they feel like you can't take that away from somebody that lasts for a long time and I think for us as coaches those are some of the moments that help us through like the long days yeah we um have a master lifter here who's amazing and she does crossfit as well um and probably like six months ago she got her first toes to bar oh. and it's like hands down one of my favorite yeah. coaching moments because it literally just like brought tears to my eyes she was just so happy and excited and like accomplished with it um and it's just amazing to see people like get to have those successes yeah yep I agree for sure definitely a good moment just the the idea of opportunities I think are growing um and one thing I do want to give a shout out to again we're a little biased to CrossFit weightlifting because it's what we do but one thing I've noticed that's with CrossFit and how it's been brought to the public mm-hmm. and the sport of it has been brought to the public. It doesn't have some of the history that what well, doesn't is really young yeah. that the other like more traditional sports that we see have, you know, now that since title nine, like, you know, there's WNBA and like, right. you know, there's, you know, finally women's events are in the Olympics right. <laughs> to match the men's events. Okay. Um, but with CrossFit, the cool thing I like about it is when it started in its origins, it was presented with a very, not perfect, but a very strong sense of equality yeah. between male and between just how they differentiate genders between male and female genders. And that's one of the things it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. It's something I've noticed from young on. I was like, well, how come the men's events are last? Well, cause they're the main event and that's right. what the spectators go to see. And right. so the women are the sideshow or whatever. And that's, I guess that's one of the things I don't like about sports still. I know it's improving, but that's, that's society. That's a cultural thing. It's hard to break those habits, but I do like how CrossFit has, you know, they've, they really tried to tackle that and yeah. to give equal footing to both the, the male, um, discipline or the male side of things and the female side of things. And right. I think as spectators of the sport, um, even of coaches of the sport, we always have our own biases, obviously, but I think they've, we're set up, you know, in this culture to, to be a little bit better off than some of the cultures of other sports. Yeah, absolutely. They do like a pretty good job, even of just like equal camera time, yeah. which you don't always yeah. see. So, and it's and honestly, it's just it's little things. It's stuff like yeah. equal camera time. It's visibility on on media right. that comes out, like on you know like their new documentaries coming out, and so 
you know, it's not just men with the big picture. It's it's equal. They right. feature the women um, in the social media posts. It's not yeah. just men and how it's portrayed. They do a really good job of making sure right. the female athletes, general population, and the elites are, are up there right along with the men. Absolutely. And so I do really, do really, really like that. Um, what's maybe one more thing that you think is, is really, really good now um, in terms of just being a female athlete, being a coach, um, and things that we're, we're happy about what's it's going in a good direction um I mean just like the youth population as yeah. well um so I like coach CrossFit kids we have an awesome juniors program here um but just kind of the idea like from a really young age like encouraging girls to be strong mm-hmm. um is awesome to see I think like you know just kind of the general ideas and the differences between little boys and little girls and kind of us like encouraging little boys to go be rough and play around outside and get dirty um and that hasn't necessarily always been the case with little girls um so embracing that and like having a six-year-old girl lifting a bar like that's awesome when she learns that lesson at six like how is that gonna help to improve her confidence as she grows and understands that like she can be strong um not just physically but that translates over to mentally and emotionally and all those things yeah absolutely I think again like we mentioned we were really the first full generation to just it wasn't it was just a thing you just do sports right um there was opportunity but I think you're right on that this next generation all the more um better they have it and again there's always things to work on but um they're growing up now with us like as as mentors or as coaches and as leaders and stuff that we've known and so it's maybe some of the questions or the things we face they don't face quite as much right but I mean we know um, statistics and common sense kind of just how society works tells us we know that the physical activity of girls it declines as Mm -hmm. they get older as they hit adolescence it it tanks pretty hard and then even like the girls that are athletes say in high school and do or do athletic sports or maybe they do dance or gymnastics club kind of stuff mm-hmm. once they hit um that transitional age of early adulthood it continues to go down and you know there's lots of reasons for that we can discuss another day or people can think about it another time but um that's something that's still very prevalent and it's still out there and so to me that i think that's a call to action for everybody um for any coach male or female for mentors is to make sure that we really target in on, you know, you mentioned the six-year-olds, those very young ages mm-hmm. to normalize physical activity. Right. And among boys and girls, among parents too, um, and just people in society. So you mentioned like a six-year-old girl with a barbell, um, making sure people know like, hey, this is happening. It's awesome. She's being coached. She feels right. strong. Let's keep doing this. Um, and showcasing those examples of those really young kids doing it, having it see- be seen as, as cool. And I think with the other the other side of it, so we men- I mentioned like, hey, kind of a call to action to males, making sure that we teach little boys like girls are new playing too. Right. And like, it's going to be awesome because you get to be on a team together sometimes. You can support each other. Right. And then as kids get older, as they have that adolescent age we know there's just some barriers in society with stigma with culture for females and so that really means we as coaches and again anyone any type of influencer parents um, family member male or female 
um, making sure we help females, they might need a little extra support to get through some of those barriers. And maybe it's just an additional word of encouragement to right. be like, you can handle this. You don't have to quit the sport. Right. Let's stick with it. Let's find a way to make this, you know, make this fun, make this enjoyable for you, more opportunities. And then especially once they get into that young adulthood stage where, again, there's more barriers, right. you know, again, just with how, how life is and how our society is. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things we see is recognizing that is a, a particular population to, to build up a little bit more. And yeah. it comes needs to come from men and women. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's talk about things that maybe kind of getting into that that aren't going so well <laughs> that we wish we could change today. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of, like, the big issues that women still face absolutely is um, – the idea like that women shouldn't actually be strong mm-hmm. um it's and still out there. it's still, still there that. um and that you should look a certain way yeah um, yeah the look is probably the big one yeah so it's gotten like a lot better even just for me personally but it's like hard for me to go basically anywhere in public um without someone commenting on my body mm-hmm. um so just like not even going into like what they say to me but just the idea that people still feel entitled um Mm -hmm. to comment on a stranger's body is mind-blowing to me yeah truly um so I think that's still like a huge huge issue that women are constantly facing um is just this constant like scrutiny on what we're doing and what our body looks like and like why would we want to do that and why do you want your body to look that way um things like that I've definitely seen it get better like even in the past two years as CrossFit and weightlifting has grown um but it's a it's a constant struggle constant yeah I think I mean if we expand that even bigger like I, I definitely get that too or like the I don't know the idea of like well I'm complimenting you like really I don't know <laughs> but you're not I don't know who you are <laughs> you're so really not let's, let's talk let's let's get to know each other first and then we can go from there um no I I think if we bring that even bigger I think that's just that's something and maybe it's social media with like more visibility of stuff and again I want to say it's gotten worse but maybe gotten better as people are maybe more aware of it but it goes for anybody you know anybody that goes maybe out of the societal norm so mm-hmm. women who look extremely buff like right that's just how they look right someone who looks overweight that's how they look right a woman who's pregnant you know she's pregnant you don't have to comment it you know like don't ask to touch her belly I think she's aware of it (laughs) um and same thing goes I think for males who maybe are out of what society thinks is perfect for males right like it goes the same way I think it just comes down to some basic principles of like get to know a person first (laughs) before you comment on how they look. Um, And if you're really curious, I think there's ways you can ask questions. Right. And a way that's just out of true innocent curiosity. And, you know, and again, I'm very happy, as people know, I like to talk um, to share information about what I think (laughs) or what I do or whatever, why I want to look like that. but again, maybe approaching it from instead of like a critique of like, hey, tell me about what you do. Like, yeah. you look really fit. Let's right. talk about it. Maybe that's a better way to approach it for all you people out there. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm more than happy. Like, if someone's like, hey, like, what do you do to work out? Do you yeah. work out? Like, awesome. I'd love to have that conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love weightlifting. Um, that's very different from being like, 
hey, your arms are really big or like, hey, are you trying to look like a dude? Like we're in totally different like phases there. Um, so coming like from curiosity is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a way to ask about like what I do or what people do and why they look like that without approaching it with like, why do you look like that? <laughs> like, cause I like to pick stuff up, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I need to look like that to be able to lift what I lift. So let's say, say this is on the internet or say it's in person and for whatever say it's a guy who's like how do I get rid of these people who are on my back because I don't look like this or you know what what can we say what's a good way for us to approach somebody who is making a comment like that that we don't really appreciate Um, what's been successful I know like I'm not always proud of higher situations. <laughs> I'm like I'm maybe I should be more to, patient to be smart um, but use grace but like stick it to them at the same time right <laughs> um I think just like for me I've tried to take it back to like my body's functional for like yeah. what it needs to do right yeah. so like if a guy's getting crap for like being skinny and he's a marathon runner like that's functional for what he loves to do right mm-hmm. um so I think just like really trying to explain that if you have the patience and kindness <laughs> to do that um and not coming from a place of defensiveness um yeah. which is just so hard when you feel attacked um but I always try to understand like well, this is like coming at me because I'm not in the norm and like, that's cool. Right. Like that's okay that like, I'm not in the norm. So like, let me take the time to like try to educate someone, um, instead of like telling them to go away, which Mm -hmm. sometimes I would also like to do. Yeah. If anybody has any good ideas out there, (laughs) how to combat the haters, the haters, please comment. (laughs) We need help. (laughs) Okay, um, let's shift again. I got one more area I want to I want to chat with Joelle because she's here. So Joelle is a coach, a weightlifting, CrossFit. We know she coaches kids. She coaches nutrition. Um, she's also taking on a couple leadership roles outside of just coaching. So she is on the local weightlifting committee um, in the state of Michigan. She's on our board. She's um, one of the athlete reps, and she's done a really great job. Um, she's a female athlete rep planning events to just join and connect the community of, of female lifters in our state as we try and grow the sport in Michigan. And then I know she very recently is also taking on a spot at the national level to um, bring the sport of weightlifting to the NCAA level in more places and spaces. And I love this idea that she's not only leading people on a one-on-one basis, but she's also taking in a leadership role kind of on, I don't want to say in the administrative side, but kind of on the administrative side. Plus, she's an entrepreneur. We already got that going on. So um, I guess what kind of moved you to want to be in these positions as well and have a seat at the table, I guess, with the decision makers? Yeah, um, I think, like, leading from that, Um, like high of a place is kind of where you can make changes Mm -hmm. right so it's easy kind of like well not easy it's never easy to make changes (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you can make changes like within the gym or like within Michigan but then Mm -hmm. what are other states doing Mm -hmm. Um, so I think when you're able to like 
be on that higher board and that higher position, you're e- able to make changes that are going to affect more people, mm-hmm. um, which is what gets me excited and like yeah. makes me think that the opportunities are really cool. Um, so like the USAW board is working on an emerging sports bid um, for weightlifting. So the application will go through in August um, to make weightlifting like an official NCAA sport for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's opportunities for scholarships and yeah. things like that. And like, how cool is that? Like, there's so many women that that can help and affect. Um, so that's one of the really like fun things about being able to like oversee on that higher level is just like the amount of change that you're able to make and the amount of people that that will hopefully like affect and help. Yeah, I love how you talked about it allows you to make change in another way. And I guess the idea of, you know, as a coach, we make change on a daily basis, right. you know, with, with individuals or small groups, you know, whatever. And, and hopefully, obviously, we work change within ourselves, but right. it's kind of like using another tool in the toolbox or like yeah. a multi-pronged approach to attack. <laughs> I mean, we're not really attacking. <laughs> um, to Just to work with something. And so you're hitting it, you know, at home and you're hitting it, you know, in that bigger scope and... You know, the little bit I know about policy and changes at the administrative level and, you know, the stakeholders like that, we're stakeholders and, you know, what happens to us as athletes and as coaches in that sport. And then, you know, it does, we do need people to step up and take positions, whether it's volunteer or whatever, um, at those higher levels. And even though sometimes seems kind of boring or it seems like there's a lot of bureaucracy up at the top, those higher ups. Um, it's, I think it's really, really important and essential that as, as females, especially that we, we are not afraid to take some of those positions because I think a lot of the challenges we face in our sport related to marginalization of any kind, mm-hmm. not just gender, but you know, anything is representation at the table and so I think I I know many organizations are doing a much better job of making sure any type of minority in that area is has representation Mm -hmm. at those higher up levels Um, and so whether it's race whether it's gender whether it's age I mean really anything that we can think of um, I think that's positive Mm -hmm. and so one of the things I want to do is really encourage um, people who are out there if you are a woman and there's opportunities to have a seat at that big table, someone who makes decisions, um, please consider taking that opportunity because you never know like what that role and having representation can do. And, and part of the, I like it when I, you know, look at the higher ups and I see like, Oh wow. Like the president of this organization, she's a woman. Like, yeah. She's like me. She's a badass. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's something we want to work towards having, having a little bit more of that. And I think for everybody males too, is if you're in a position to, you know, recruit people, again, sometimes it might take a little bit more effort on your part to get women into that role. Cause mm-hmm. It's just life is sometimes different for females and for males in, you know, what we feel we can do or what society tells us we can do. So I think if you're in one of those positions, I'm going to say of power, you know, of really looking at the makeup of your organization and making sure that whoever manages it, manages it, administrates it, is a board of directors, whatever it is, um, that you're representing the population yeah. that you've got. In its and membership. I think definitely like for women or men or whatever, like don't be your 
don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. So like the opportunity for the USAW board came up and like, um, one of the girls on the team texted me and was like, you'd be perfect for this. And I was like, there's no way, like, that's just not going to happen. And she was like, nope, it's happening. So she like (laughs) nominated me and like got other people to do that. And I went through the application process and the entire time I was just like, "Mm, it's not going to happen. And like, we hate failure and we hate like not getting what we want. Um, and I think that holds us back a lot of times and we miss opportunities that are really, really cool opportunities to make change. Yeah. That's, oh man, what a good point of things that hold us back sometimes or we question ourselves. Like, yeah. like everybody listening to this, probably somewhat of a badass if right. you like sport and you like fitness. And you know, when there are these things are like, oh, I'm not qualified or whatever. You never know. Yeah. You know, maybe they need somebody like you. You probably have some unique expertise that maybe you aren't, you know, by the book you know, administrator or right. board of directors style, but like maybe the organization needs to go in a different direction yeah. and the direction they need to go is something you have. Um, so I think I want to just encourage people, if you've got that opportunity, still go for it. And, you know, maybe the time isn't right right now, and but still keep looking out for those opportunities to be a leader. Yeah, those absolutely. Types of roles, um, Cause you never know what you, what you can offer. All right. We're going to wrap it up today. Um, so Joelle, she is here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She's at CrossFit Lily and she is with Lily weightlifting and they have several athletes. I know in the weightlifting world, I see them all over at local meets. They've got American open series number one at the Arnold coming up. I know they've got a ton of lifters there. Um, what's a good way for people to, if they want to reach out to you or get a hold of you, see what you do? Um, how can people do that? Um, you can always just like shoot me an email. Um, (laughs) I'm email. Um, I am here. I basically live at the gym. I think I'm here more than I'm at home. Um, so you can stop by if you're local. Um, I'm on the Instagrams. Um, my handle is traps of an angry bear because I have big traps. Um, so you can kind of check that out or Lily weightlifting and see just what we're doing, what I'm doing, things like that. Um, and then my nutrition is weights and plates, like I said, and that has its own website and way of contacting me too. Cool. We'll make sure to include all of those on there. And last thing we want to end with is I know you're an athlete, Joelle, and one of the challenges we always have as people who are coaches and leaders but also athletes ourselves is still finding the time, um, sometimes the energy to stay moving forward. And so I want you to put it out there so that maybe other people can support you. What are some of your goals that you have coming up as an athlete? Big picture or even little daily stuff that you want that you're working on? Um, I think my big picture, so nationals is in the end of May, mm-hmm. um, and I am going for a 190 total. Um, that's a big goal of mine that I've been trying to check off um, and finishing up top 10 there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like a shorter term goal that I have my eyes on. Um, long term, super long term, by 2020, I want to have medaled um, mm-hmm. at yes. a national event. Um, cool. So that's big and out there too. Um, And I think just like the Michigan community, the Michigan weightlifting community, um, just like continuing to support each other because Mm -hmm. that helps so much. Um, And I think it helps all of us when we can kind of just like lift each other up. Um, So like at local meets and things like that, just Mm -hmm. like be super supportive. Yep. 
cool. I like that. It's really good advice. Well, next time that you, if you see Joelle or if you see her on the internet, make sure to give her a shout out. Um, we will follow you and hopefully get to see you reach those goals very soon. And here's another a nice little tip too. If you're an athlete, um, ask your coach what their goals are for training. It's kind of a cool way to bring open that goal setting conversation and helps remind them, I guess, of why they were here in the first place. And that spills out into the things that they will then do for you as an athlete. And I think it's just good. And even though we have coach athlete roles or trainer client, whatever, it's really cool to see that at the base of it all, we're human beings. We Mm want to get better at something and we struggle, but we also have successes. And so the more we can support each other, no matter our role, um, the better off we're all going to be. So, all right, I will wrap it up. This is Julie from Revealing Strength. You can find us on Instagram at Revealing Strength or at Julie Day Today. My co-host, Eric, he's at Eric Santor. We're on revealingstrength.com. And obviously, you're listening to us right now. <laughs> so please share. <laughs> if you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, give us a like. If you're on iTunes, um, give us a review because that helps with all the sweet algorithms that are out there to make sure people can find us. Um, and we will talk to you soon. Stay strong.